Hi, my name is Aislinn Campbell. And I'm Joe Hilliard. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Dinner Table Talks. We share our favorite dishes and most thoughtful dinner table conversations with you every week. Food, family, friends, and fun, it's Dinner Table Talks. If you'd like to learn more about us or a little more about the podcast, we suggest that you go back and listen to episode one. And you can learn how to get in touch with us and where to find us across social media at dinnertabletalks.com. So, pull up a chair. Dinner is served. Hello and welcome to Dinner Table Talks. I am Joe Hilliard and of course with me as always is... Ace Lynn Campbell. And no matter what you're doing right now, just stop and think about that friend that needs to know about this podcast and how you're going to tell them about it. About your mildly entertaining friends that like to talk about food. Definitely stay tuned till Table Topics, because we've got Table Topics news. Oh. Big Table Topics news. News. Ding, 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 ding. We reached out. They replied. Did you hear me sniffle already? Yeah, I heard it. Ugh. This is already the second or third or maybe even like the fourth episode where my nose sounds so nasally. I tend to be catching colds this year. Why are you getting so sick? Because I have a new job, and at my new job, I'm interacting with a lot of new people, and they interact with a lot of people. So that's really what you think it is? Oh, that's exactly what it is. And there's there's been stuff going around. Like there, I knew it was coming. This is something else that came up in the recent couple of days. Um, filler words, and it made me think of it just now. Okay. Because I have two filler words. You could already pick I, them out. I know your filler you Because you edit like and um and so so and so and so uh-huh interesting yeah i was um listening to someone give some training recently at my new job and their filler words were so distracting yeah. that as a as their boss i probably need to let break, them, break in i well, probably need to let them know the number that, one way to know your filler words is to listen to yourself speak right do an air check so after talking about filler words we were listening to uh the podcast i was listening to the podcast with some of my employees today <laughs> on the way to lunch mandatory no 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 it was all perfectly timed mm -hmm. but uh i said oh man i listen to myself say like a whole lot and just now as we were talking my i hear myself saying like my daughter like. had a big day today. Oh, yeah? We went out. Well, well you, I guess I know already. <laughs> we went out. We just went out. I'm not going to get it too deep into it, but we went out to a celebratory dinner. Good stories. And uh, now we are at our dinner table. You've got a glass of wine. I've got a glass of beer. I wanted to go back to last week's episode. It was fantastic. Yes. And Monica and Ian, and that was our first chance to really delve into this concept of basically having guests right. and the way that we're going to do guests. Yeah. And we've already scheduled February and we're in the process right now of scheduling March. So we're thinking once a month? Yes. Like a dinner with friends? Yes. The and monthly so far, episode. it's been it. people that have already offered mm -hmm. themselves to mm -hmm. us for, uh, yeah. offer yourself to us now. Oh. Yeah. People that have offered themselves up We are to evil geniuses, according to Monica. <laughs> yeah. So that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. But now that we're talking about it, what ended up happening was you had a lot of editing to do last week because it was a different style of... I never had four mics before. Never never four mics to edit mm -hmm. from. Our studio, uh -huh. our downstairs living room studio, yeah. is a very concrete space. 
There is no soft, there's no rugs, there's no, so there's no sound barriers down here. If I'm looking at a how-to podcast 101. We're not doing that part right. We've got some things we could do to make this space where we're recording. Yeah. Our studio, as we call it, Mm -hmm. more acoustic friendly. Yeah. No doubt about it. And so I think that affected your uh, editing in that you... That and... I don't think it was bad. I thought it was really, really good in all honesty, but you made a comment about it. A lot of hard work. Yeah. Because the raw feed was horrible. (laughs) So because Joe procrastinates and because he had a lot of work to do... (laughs) Thank you. At 3 a.m. 3 a.m. is when I recorded the hi. On Monday morning (laughs) when the thing launches at 5 a.m. Yeah. (laughs) Joe Hilliard... On a work day, like like I gotta like he's gotta be up at seven thirty. Fucks me up to be at work. Day. Yeah, I, was, I, I did, I'm not gonna do that ever again. He was talking to himself. He enough to wake me up while sleeping. I was in here recording. When you hear along. him saying, "If Aislinn wasn't asleep right now, she'd say I wasn't asleep. Yeah. I was listening to you say what I'd say." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so in the midst of that, he came up with a name of the segment uh-huh. without discussing it with me. That is true. And he came up with dinner with friends. That's right. I don't like it. Okay. So that's what I wanted to talk about. Go ahead. That was the, my big uh, my big secret story. No, that you I wanted just said to that you wanted to talk about something that I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Okay. Well, and do I you thought, have another idea? I thought it would be worth it. No, I'm not sure that I do have another idea, but the, the problem with dinner with friends uh-huh. is that we have dinner with friends all the time. Okay. So that's not the right title uh, for this seg- those segments. Were you nervous about bringing this up? No. Okay. No, I just wanted to. You would offend this awesome name that I came up with. No. No. The reason I hung on to it though is because I wanted it to be good uh, fodder for the podcast. So I hung on to it. Okay. So you don't have a. You just have a criticism, not a suggestion. No. No, I do have some suggestions. Although I thought we might talk it out, and then maybe maybe some of our listeners could jump in as well and give their opinion. And then by the time we get to February, when we do this again, we'll actually have a name for the segment. Can we make a stinger? Whatever. Dinner with friends. <laughs> God, no. Okay. If it's cheesy, the answer is no. Okay. So Monica called us evil geniuses. Yeah. So something along the lines of evil geniuses could okay. work. I also, see what direction you're sending us. I from. also came up with this one I thought was fun. How about friends with benefits? benefits? I like friends with benefits very much because it's got a little cheeky attitude about it. Uh-huh. I like it. We're, we're considering it. that. We're basting it. Okay, we're, we're it's marinating. It's marinating. I'm with you. It's roasting in the I'll instant pot. I'll baste it every once in a while. Set, <laughs> set a timer. So, but if you have an opinion about what we call our new segment, rather than dinner with friends, because I mean, it's come a on. little over. Yeah, that's pretty basic. We have dinner with friends all the time. It was 3 a.m. I was hallucinating. I got yes, you were. I did not you can feel tell. good the next day. <laughs> you can tell a little bit. <laughs> okay. So it's my turn to kick off that segment of the show that we all love so much. It's Unanswered Questions. And this time we've got two weeks worth. We didn't do Unanswered Questions last week with Ian and Monica. And again, if you haven't listened to episode 21, our very first Not Dinner with Friends. (laughs) It's Not Dinner with Friends. Go check it out. So from episode 20, New Year's Eve episode, and I actually ate... Some Panang curry with sockeye salmon in it. Yeah. And I said, what's Panang curry? So as you do, you researched for me. <laughs> 
And you got me some good words to work with over okay. here. <laughs> so we got some stuff. Tell me, what is a panang curry? I have no idea. <laughs> come on, man. Don't break down that fourth wall. Oh, no. Oh, God. Come on. If you want to know what the best TV show that anyone is watching, anyone with any critical review, they break down the fourth wall every episode. Okay. Fleabag. Argue with me. I haven't watched it yet. Well, you're missing out. Ask around. And anyone that's listening... I trust your opinion. Anyone that's listening that hasn't watched Fleabag yet doesn't uh-huh. know what the best TV show... They break the fourth wall all the time. It's fantastic. So I'm breaking the fourth wall if I choose. I'm going to watch Fleabag immediately. You should. It's very, very good. And you will binge it in a second. It's only like five episodes a oh, season. Oh, okay, I can handle that. Yeah, yeah. So he gives me this article called The Meaning of Curry, The Differences Between the Spice Powder and the Dish, written by... Darlene Schmidt. And what she says, <laughs> Schmidt. What's wrong with you? You got a problem with Darlene? <laughs> no. What's wrong with Darlene? Darlene took the time to find well, out what the story was, was so that you could tell the people. I was thinking, who's Darlene Schmidt? We should look that up. That's an unanswered question for next week. Please. I don't think it's going to be. For, for the love of God, tell me who Darlene Schmidt is. Darlene, we love you. <laughs> she says the word curry can refer to spice or spice mixture called curry powder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got some of that in our spice rack. One of the things that I've learned is, is that spices, there's a lot of different... Right. The word, the one word can mean a lot of different things. Paprika, we did that before. That's right. So you have curry powder, then you have the actual curry leaf, but it also may refer to the dish curry that is cooked across many cultures and all parts of the world. I think that's where we're headed, right? With a Penang curry? That's where we're headed. Curry, the dish, usually includes the curry spice mixture. Okay, so you got curry spice mixture in the curry dish. Mm-hmm. The dish known as curry is now so varied and widespread across the globe that its definition must remain very open to include numerous cuisines and cooking styles. It's all different. It's got adapted by all different parts of the world. All different parts of the world are making it. It is usually eaten with rice, but may also be accompanied with utility bread, usually flatbreads, roadie. What's roadie? That's like the guy that helps Aerosmith put the scarves on his (laughs) microphone stand. The roadie or non. We know what that is. Curries can be either dry or wet. Wet curries often include yogurt, coconut milk, or cream, creating a sauce or gravy. There are many types of curries featuring many types of ingredients. Curry. <laughs> you don't like all this? I, I handed you that piece of paper. I said, don't do 10 minutes on curry. I'm not. Oh, my God. 10 minutes. Curry, Go is, curry is delicious. I'm gonna, if, if I know that I can just hand you the words you're going to say, I'm just <laughs> going to do that. <laughs> And to complicate matters further, there is also a curry plant that produces curry leaves with smell and taste like curry. So that's about curry. That doesn't tell me anything about panang curry. If I know anything about it, it's that different spice profiles come from different parts of the world. Yes. But you can have different kinds of curries. Right. So we've got all these different kinds of curries, I know that my uh, when we go to our favorite Thai food restaurant, we order yellow curry. And it comes out yellow. And there's also a green and a red curry available. Yes. But I don't know anything about what they are. What is Penang curry? Exactly. So... What'd you find out? So I go over to this other piece of paper that you researched for me. God, I'm I'm not going to do that anymore. And this... You're on your own now. It's important to note that Thai curries are vastly different from Indian curries. 
Now that now you've piqued my curiosity. Uh huh. Doesn't tell anything about that. But (laughs) it's just the truth. Yes, exactly. Well, Thai curries are more liquid than Indian curries. Curry, Indian curries are more thick gravy sauces. I have a feeling we're going to talk about Indian curry again tonight. Okay. Curry paste usually determines what classification a curry of dish falls into. The curry paste. So it can be a green curry that has the stems of green chilies, green basil, green things. Or it could have red curry. And that is what Penang is out, made out of. This doesn't tell me anything about what Penang yeah, curry is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what have so we we're learned? Gonna, so, so what we've learned is, is that there are... I need to choose your words more carefully. <laughs> and I need to research better for you. <laughs> yeah. Or when you say the words in episode 20, I think Penang curry should be an unanswered question, you <laughs> run with it and make it so? That's my vote. Oh, my God. Well, let me tell you something I've had on my mind. I think we're going to come back to penning curry. But we did learn a little bit about curry tonight, and I think we'll talk a little more about curry later on. Let me tell you something that I've had on my mind since episode 20. Remember our good friends now from the UK were taking a road trip through Texas? Yes. And I said, they are mavericks. And you were like, no, 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 no. I'm sure plenty of people do that. I couldn't get out of my mind the idea of what are the top destinations for international travelers to the U.S. Uh-huh. It's a context I know nothing about. Right. I can only tell you where I, a U.S. citizen, go internationally. Interesting. Let's hear it. Okay. So did you know that the United States welcomes more than 75 million international visitors each year? Have you ever been to Schlitterbahn before? <laughs> it is the hottest, <laughs> coolest time in Texas. Now, here is the thing. Of all of those 75 million international visitors, 25.5% come from Canada and 24.8% come from Mexico. Yeah. That makes sense, right? Yes. Car travel from North, the North, North the America travelers. Right. And the other 49.7% are coming from overseas and were most visited by the Chinese, India, Argentina, South Korea, Taiwan, Australia. If I think about who I'm seeing at places like Disney World and Schlitterbahn and wherever, Niagara Falls, yeah. Now, when those international travelers come to America, I've got the top five cities. Number five, San Francisco. Of course. Nothing you're not going to think, right? Number four, want to guess? Or what would would the top five cities be? Number four would be New York York City. Okay, that's in the top five, but that's Uh not... What are the other top five cities? San Francisco, New York City, Austin? No. Orlando. Oh, Disney World. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Number three, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. This is a surprise to me, but I guess it shouldn't be number two, Miami. Of course. And then New York City. New York City. Texas. Texas, yeah. Is not really in the top ten, you know, I mean, as far as... Interesting. Yeah. I see a lot of international travelers in I Texas. Think because we are we have big convention cities. Now, moving into last week's episode, an unanswered question that came up was the Santuco knife. Santoku? Santoku. Santoku. I'm going to tell you right now, when Ian sharpened those knives, my kitchen is a better place. Well, thank you, Ian, because that made my stomach better full. It's not just that. It's why haven't I had the knives sharpened? And these basic kitchen tips that this podcast is forcing us to you know, synthesize and dictate to the audience... I just shrugged my shoulder as if someone can see me. If you haven't sharpened your (laughs) kitchen knives since you bought them, it's time to sharpen the knives. And the research I've done since then is once a year, 
or twice a year if you're serious. The five essential kitchen knives you need right now, number one, the chef's knife. That's the classic chef's knife. The That's little the one pairing you, knife. No, it's eight to the ten inches. One. Yeah. It's eight the one to you ten see. Inches. It's the now one that's big. It's the one you see your chef's friends have a tattoo on their forearm. Mm-hmm. It's the essential chef's tool. You can't be a chef without a good chef's knife. Mm-hmm. Number two, a paring knife. Mm-hmm. And, and, and an article like this makes me realize how I'm not using my knives correctly. Because the article goes on to say later, use the proper knife for the proper job. Even if it feels uncomfortable because you're used to using this knife or that knife for other things, use the proper knives and you'll get into these rhythms and you'll be a better cook. Uh-huh. Number three, the serrated knife. Most commonly associated with uh, slicing bread. Bread, yeah. Usually called a bread knife. But you can also use that serrated knife to cut waxy surfaces like tomatoes, pineapples, watermelon, citrus, and peppers. I will tell you that I have been harvesting delicious tomatoes from my backyard and making us caprese tomato mozzarella mm-hmm. with a little basil mm-hmm. yes, bas- basil from my backyard. That's gone into our charcuterie plate. I've been making that and I would be devastated to not have available a very nice, clean, good, sharp knife to cut tomatoes cleanly and thinly. Have you, cu- my... have you cut tomatoes since Ian sharpened the knife? Yes, In yes. A, it's badass. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I've used a bad knife versus a good knife, yeah. and it's a big difference. Number four of the top five knives that you should have in your arsenal, a boning knife. You got to have a boning something. sometimes. You just got to have a boning. You couldn't be more immature. The boning knife, of course, is the best blade to cut up fish. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and number five, they trick you. It's not a knife at all. It's your honing steel. Honing steel. The honing steel That's is that uh, that rod with, with a handle, and you're no, no, no. You're not sharpening anything. A honing steel is designed to keep your knives at their peak sharpness for as long as possible. A honing steel is likely the second most important tool in the kitchen after a chef's knife. Every time that you use a knife. You hone it before you use it. You get these microscopic teeth back into line that keeps the blade sharper. It's not a sharpener. You have to have them professionally sharpened once a year is a suggestion. But if you're serious, it's twice a year. So here's the thing. I realized as I started thinking about what my favorite meal of the past week or whatever was to bring to the table. Or whatever. I realized that I've brought this same dish to the table before. So here's the thing. It's kind of like tacos. The other thing that I really, really like is fresh fried seasonal vegetables. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. So as soon as whatever the newest vegetable comes out is... Fry it. Fry it. So my favorite dish was the week you fried. And you, okay, so you... It was a fry night. It was a fry night. But this is kind of really special, which, by the way, I have a beautiful eggplant from the backyard, the biggest eggplant I've ever grown in this backyard. Is it ready to go? In the refrigerator with two of its compadres that came out of the backyard as well. Are you making a request? It's going to have to happen immediately, though, because they're starting to deteriorate. The, the, The ones that are three weeks old are starting to deteriorate. It's time to fry some eggplant? I don't know if it's fry, but something. Do okay. something with eggplant. Now I'm getting eggplants from the backyard. I'm mm-hmm. getting them regularly. Nice size. I don't like eggplant. these instructions where you set the eggplant or whatever it is that you've grown. You put all that time and effort into onto the counter with some kind of like tacit notion that Joe will know what to do with it. I don't sometimes know what to do with these things. I rely on your instruction and input. But this time apparently you knew what to do with it because I brought in this little cute little eggplant and you go... I'm going to fry tonight. Yep. 
And you, so you fried my pretty little eggplant and it was delicious. Delicious. And it was a Wednesday too. So it was the night after a farmer's market. Yeah. So we had also some green tomatoes mm-hmm. and then you took some of the green tomatoes from the backyard that yeah. I had grown and yeah. brought in. Then you also had made steak the night before. Yes. So you took the steak from the night before yes. that was already cooked yes. and fried that. Yes, repurposed. And, and we had taken some cilantro sauce, some delicious cilantro sauce. And I had the fried meal again, fried veggies. Fried, you, you did you fry some squash? I don't think you fried any squash. I, think, I know I fried onion. You, yeah, you probably did fry onion because yeah. the onion are fresh right now. We have good fresh onions right now. Because there's vegetables under that batter, I don't do vegetables on the side. It's just like a big plate of fried food. <laughs> here you go. Mm. And I'm dipping away. Here yeah. I am dipping away. No, I love it. I'm Get sorry. So that was, I mean, I can't, I can't lie. That was my favorite meal of the week. It just was. But you can fry too often. I mean. Oh, of course. I I, I, I rarely you, pull out my fry you, card. You probably fry more than the average person you fries. You think so? Yes. Because I people, never, I never do it. You, yeah, but, but people never, never do it. In America, there's a certain type of people that do fry, but most people don't fry. Well, my fry is a cast iron skillet with uh, an oil that I like, and I did purchase, and you should, frying slash candy thermometer. I think that, that that's the right temperature range. Do you want to know why people don't fry? Why? Because it's actual work. Oh, so they buy fried in a bag and then just bake that in the oven and there's your chicken tenders. Or Pretty whatever. much. Yeah. Or they'll do like a big, a yeah, huge fry, like a backyard oh, fry sure, sure, or something sure. like no, that. This is, I mean, people don't fry the way we fry huh. regularly anymore. Do you mind if I change the subject? Yes, when Mon- You do mind? No, no, I mind it. Please change the subject. When, when we were at Monica and Ian's, and you can listen to this happen mm-hmm. on the last episode, Monica called you or us and i want to get your reaction i think she was calling you a meat snob when i listened to this podcast with my employees i told you uh-huh. they heard that part and that part cracked them up what does that mean the meat Why, okay, snob tell me what cracked them up about it i guess because there's been little conversations about meat but i just think generally like it's hilarious to imagine that you know somebody that's a meat snob i'm going to read you the definition of snob okay and like we'll often do at the dinner table, I, I want us to get super honest, okay, for the next little here, bit here. Is this what you would call breaking the fourth wall? <laughs> yeah, probably. Snob. Noun. A person who imitates, cultivates, or slavishly admires social superiors and is condescending or overbearing to others. That's, I'm not that at all. That's not what we're talking about. I'm right? not that at all. Now, often in the dictionary, you have more than one definition. I might be a little bit overbearing. Listen to this one. But a, I'm not condescending. A person who believes himself or herself an expert or connoisseur in a given field and is condescending toward or disdainful of those who hold other opinions or have different tastes regarding this field. That's the one that would apply. No, I'm not that. When it comes to meat. No, I'm not condescending, and I don't have disdain for other the way other people do it. I agree with you. I don't think that you're a snob. No, I don't think. I don't think Mon. I don't think Monica meant it either. In I that way, I don't think way. she did either. Yeah. And and when she listens to this, Monica, we know you didn't mean that. But meat snob, or you're a chocolate snob, meaning you you're are, a beer you, snob. Of yeah, there you go. You're uh-huh. a beer snob, meaning you have an elevated palate or elevated tastes 
But you're not saying, oh, you don't eat the meat that I eat? You don't eat the high-dollar meat that no, I eat? I purposely you're a try not to be that way. Okay. I did a bunch of research. I, I googled meat snob, right? Thrillist.com. The 19 types of food snobs ranked by obnoxiousness. And I, wanna, I like Thrillist. I look at Thrillist quite a bit. I want you to have an honest conversation with you about our snobbery. Okay. Are we snobs? I can't do all No, if the if the word condescending comes into it at all, I'm not a real snob. We're not doing 19 of these because we don't have time to, but let me uh, pick a couple out. So number 18, the self-congratulatory home chef. Again, these are food snobs ranked by obnoxiousness. When dining out with the self-congratulatory home chef, every last detail of the meal is an opportunity for them to regale you with stories of their home cooking prowess, even if the evidence is already quite thoroughly available in their Facebook feed. Are we guilty? Um, we There might be a tiny bit of that, but I don't think like... I mean, we're purposeful about it. Two things. Number one, I think that generally people like it when we share our things we know about food because it helps them. I guess my question overall is like, are we obnoxious? I don't think we're obnoxious about it. I think we can be obnoxious. Like, I think we can definitely be obnoxious. I don't think that it's like my opinion or nothing. It's just my opinion I feel really comfortable with. Your opinion is yours and just as valid. I think you, we just have to like find the happy medium between talking over people and sharing the things people want to hear. I mean, there's quite a few people listening to this podcast now, so they care what we have to say about food, because this is what we talk about. This one caught my eye based upon our recent uh, conversations. The awful evangelists. O-F-F-A-L. Oh, we're not awful evangelists. We're not, right? No, we did, we did a show about it, but we're not awful evangelists. I will tell you that the Trepas challenge is happening. I just have to stop saying it's going to happen in one or two or three episodes, because the Can schedule... Can it happen... On the same day as the chocolate cake challenge, so that I can... Probably not, because no one's made one of those. (laughs) I made a chocolate cake challenge. It's happening. I have to just make it happen. Number eight on their list of the most obnoxious food snobs. The Insta-influencer. By the time each dish is carefully (laughs) photographed and each hashtag is hashtagged, the food is cold. (laughs) Uh, is, Is that us? As Lillian says, camera eats first. I do take pictures of food. I know that it, that we need the pictures from time to time for things, yeah. but yeah, no. I'm not an Insta foodie. We're not an Insta foodie. We're taking pictures on like, purpose. I think a lot. I can't, no. I can't tell a, you the number of I'm times. I'm going to do a Facebook post with this. To, not to make the food cold. No, we don't. Our pictures are not good enough. No. That's true. No. That's true. No, we're, we're eating that food. We need a new light set up. Yeah, no, our, yeah, we're, we, we're not taking good pictures. Hurry up, I'm hungry. Yeah. And half the time I've ate the food before I took the picture, I'm like, damn, I forgot to take the picture. Okay, number six, the name dropper. The minute you walk in the door with this human megaphone, the name dropper already telling everybody with an earshot about knowing the chef or the owner. If we're at Bellino's, I'm letting everybody know that those are my good friends. You're a name dropper. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know the name of the chef and the chef knows you, I'm sorry. That's cool shit. Oh, the the list, the list I've been telling you about, it came out. Oh, did it? It did. Oh, we'll talk about that soon, I'm sure. Yes. The list of best restaurants in town that you were involved in? Uh-huh. Is one of them an Indian food restaurant? No. I've been trying to dabble in Indian food here at the house. I love Indian food. Is that what we're talking about now? Well, it's one of my favorite meals that I've had oh, over the last week or please. so. Oh, please. Tell me more, tell me more. Was it love at first sight? 
oh, you tell me because I'm the chef and you're the one I'm presenting the food to usually ultimately at the end of the day. But I did make a, a chicken tikka masala. You did. And I did, like, about uh, six days or ish later, make sog paneer. Yay! With spinach from the farmer's market in my backyard. Now, that was, uh, like, let's talk about the sog paneer for a little while. You're right. We were at the farmer's market, and I'm trying to purposefully purchase. Mm-hmm. I am trying to not throw away a thing, even though with the chickens in the backyard, I don't feel as uncomfortable throwing away some produce from time to time. The chickens that are laying eggs again? They are laying Finally. eggs Finally! <laughs> Those little bitches are earning their keep. Like all of them are laying again. I don't know, but I got one egg and then two eggs and then one blue egg and one brown egg. And then you and I have been kind of like doing a CSI operation to figure out who's laying. Yeah. I got two I brown all, eggs today. They're all laying at this I point. I think they're all laying. In yeah. The- well, it'll be two blue, one green, two brown. That's how they lay. I don't know how it is where you live, but we've got a dominating grocery store chain. I think we've even, even slipped and said it out loud. It's H-E-B. H-E-B, nor natural grocers, sells paneer cheese. None of them. None of them. H-E-B doesn't? No. Oh, I bet they do on the, some of the other grocery stores, the fancier ones. The fancier I H-E-B. went to the fancier one and they didn't have it. Did you go to that big, big, giant, giant one over there in the, like, fancy uh, land? That's on the not cool side of town, so no, I did not. Yeah, no, we don't go over there. So, I had to go to the Asian market. Okay. If you did have... Did you try to buy saffron again? An a- <laughs> if you have... We'll never try that again. If you have an Asian market in your city, go. Go. If you've never been to your Asian market, Google it. Go tomorrow, today, as soon as you can. You want to hear something weird? Every time I can, <laughs> as often as possible. I go to McAllen, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, now, probably more than I've ever gone before because just of my new meter, job. Just meters from the Mexican border. But McAllen has an Indian food restaurant. Yeah. It's fairly decent. Yeah. I mean, it's it's decent for South Texas, and they're going to have a buffet, whatever, right? Right. But they've got Indian food. Yeah. They have a beautiful and amazing Asian market. And I shop in it every time. An Asian market? Yes. Okay, so what makes the Asian market so fun? It has things that I don't know. It, it has things that you do not know. It's a whole other hemisphere's world. I mean, I'm, I'm actually shopping. Yeah. I'm looking. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there's, an, there's two Asian markets in our town. And I've heard that I've gone to the inferior one and that I actually need to go to the other one. Oh. But this is aisles and aisles and aisles of items that... Yes, there's soy sauce, but there's 29 different or more different soy sauces. And yes, there's sesame oil, but there's 35 different sesame oils and from different like regions. And there's like bags of garam masala. Uh, Entire uh, bags. Oh, God. Of... Is gar- garam masala as far as the eye can see. I mean... I can't in this conversation not go back to the saffron story. Okay, well, before you tell the saffron story, I will tell you that the Asian market did not have paneer. And I had to go to didn't the we Middle bu- we bought it there East. before, didn't we? I think we did. I think That's we why did I went too. back. Yeah. So Maybe I had to go to the Middle East market. Because everyone's going there already. Could be. But I would tell you, if you've never been to the Middle Eastern market in your city, go today, go tomorrow, to the as fast market. as you can. Because you're going to see spices, and you're going to see items, and you're going to see seafood and meats that you just don't see at your 
local grocery store. You know, if the truth be told, I think the actual saffron incident actually happened at the Middle Eastern market. Yeah, I wanted to get us there. (laughs) All right, tell the saffron story. I can't help it. I don't think you can tell the whole thing, but go ahead. (laughs) So this is early on in the dating process with Aislinn and Joe. Was it? Early on. Okay, I, I needed saffron. What, what, what? Well, okay, so it was early enough for you to have begun adventuring. You, you're like, I like to cook, and I, I can follow directions. And No, I like to cook. Oh, I always have. And I think you were making some kind, like, yeah, what I, I had come across was some sort of maybe maybe butter chicken. Something that required a saffron. Yeah, no, yeah. that was the thing, was it? You were still you were still braving and you were still showing off a little bit like I I, I can do that. Uh, yeah, you want butter chicken, baby? Here it comes. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. What saffron? Yeah. So yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. Let's go to the let's go to the Asian market, the Middle Eastern market. Let's go over there and buy some saffron. <laughs> they sell saffron at H E B. So we're walking up and down. Yes, but we didn't know that then. Okay. Neither one of us knew that. Okay. Where do you get saffron from? I don't know. Let's go to the Middle Eastern market. Or, or maybe I I Googled... want to go to the Middle Eastern market. I like the Middle Eastern market. Let's go to the Middle Eastern market. I love to shop at the Middle Eastern market. Okay, let's go to the Middle Eastern market. Or maybe market. I Googled what saffron and it's... I'm sure you Googled it. Saffron is found Googled Googled at, at Asian markets and Middle Eastern <laughs> markets in your neighborhood. So we go to the store and we're wandering around the store. We're already awkward because we don't know what we're looking for yet. I don't even know. What, yeah. And we start looking up and down the spice aisle. <laughs> no, yes, it is. Yeah. It is so good. Well, let's see where you it's take so it. It's so good. Let's see where you so take you, it. So, so we're looking for the spice. We're looking for the spice. I, I finally, I'm like, just go ask. So I just walk up to the front, and the Middle Eastern market is like a little bit of like a gas station. I mean, it's not a gas station. They don't sell gas there, but it's imagine it's an built old like gas a, station, yeah. an old convenience store converted into a market. So, so we go up and we go, do you have any, do y'all have saffron here? Yeah. And the guy starts digging around behind the back. He goes, hold on. And he pulls this thing out and he pulls this other thing out and then he pulls this stuff out and he hands it to Joe and he's like, that'll be $15. I've got your saffron right here. It'll be, he didn't click at you. I think I, to my, in my memory, he did. <laughs> he did not. Uh-huh. But he said, he handed you the saffron and he said, that's $15, and it was this little bitty thing. A little tiny <laughs> speck of dust. And all of a sudden, Joe gets super weird. <laughs> what, did I, what did I do? I don't even know. I remember you how just I got felt. got so weird that you were like... Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> you go, let's go. And you right. just like set the saffron down. And you right just here. like walked out. And I followed you because I didn't understand what was happening. I was like, what's my, happening? My new, usually not weird boyfriend <laughs> just ran out the door. Oh, my God. So we get in the car. And we're both in the car. We're sitting in the car. And I'm like, what's going on? I don't. <laughs> I can't even tell you right now. It was so bizarre. It was just weird. Hi. We're looking for a normal spice that you can get on any of the shelf at the grocery store. Do you have any? Hey, man. Uh, yeah. uh, what saffron are you looking for? And uh, what kind of... Let me just lean down here into the saffron behind the... And I... It was so weird. And we I, were in no, the car. I had, I had a moment like, what is we saffron? What car. are we buying? Out of the store. We, we were, were back like, in and bought it. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. 
Sorry, I had a <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, I had a paranoid moment, if you know what I mean. Um, oh my god! And I guess because it was so expensive and it was so tiny, you got know. like I just oh. didn't know what the fuck was going on. Excuse my language. <laughs> Why? Oh, so that's a- hilarious. I just ate up the episode. <laughs> it was just so funny. Uh, like I will never forget that time. It was hilarious. Uh, I love what the dinner table does to us. So what were we talking about? You got some paneer at the... <laughs> so I went to... Yeah, so I bought paneer, which is just a big block of really non-salty cheese. And you Did take... you look up what paneer actually is? No. You should do that for the next week's unanswered it's questions. It's a cheese that is, originates from the Indian and Pakistani area. I know, but area. how do they normally make it? How is it made? Like, tell us about okay. paneer. Okay, no, no, no. We can go. We can do a little Indian Which animals I don't, I don't generally know the, the milk yeah. come from? You know, I yeah. should know the answers to all of these questions when I'm cooking with the item. I just know that when we go to our favorite Indian food restaurants, they have sog. Paneer. I love paneer. That is a spinach dish. Spinach. Creamed I, uh, spinach. And in this case, I made it in the Instant Pot. And we were at the farmer's market, and I was like, the last time that I bought a bag of spinach and I cooked it on the stovetop in a wilted kind of thing, it just cooks down to nothing. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that with sog paneer. I want to even put some in the freezer so that you can come home for lunch and heat it up. Yep. And so we got four big bags of spinach and uh, that and onion and uh, garam masala and other spices that are Indian in flavor. And you put those in your instant pot for zero minutes, meaning that it brings it up to pressure and then stops. And then you let it naturally, anyway, instant pot stuff that bores you to death. A while ago when you were talking about the like foodie, obnoxious, whatever, yeah. and you said Insta food, uh-huh. I wasn't thinking about Instagram I was thinking about Instapot. Like that. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, that, those are the obnoxious people, the people that sit around talking about their Instapot. No, I'm not sitting around talking about my Instapot. <laughs> I'm talking about cooking a dish for you. And so, but I, I, I follow you. Yeah, I, yeah. Say no more. Well, so, so after you cook the spinach and then you pull the top off, you saute your previously fried paneer cheese, which is just that's putting the paneer onto a skillet and just browning it. And then you cube it and you stick it in that spinach that you've instant potted with all those delicious herbs. Mm-mm, good. It was very good. But you wanted a little more creamy. The best sog paneer that I've had is always not super blended. It's a little bit chunky. You can almost still tell the spinach leaves, not leaves, but like chunks of spinach. Yeah. And then it's creamy too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the best. And also just the flavoring, you know, it just the perfect flavoring. The best Indian food I've ever eaten in my entire life was in California and it was in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. And it was the best. Um, we convinced them to let us in even though they'd already closed. Even though they'd closed 10 minutes early. That food was amazing. Oh my God. We just took an Uber down here to eat. You're supposed to be open for 10 more minutes. And he like had this cloak of ugly on his face. Like, oh, I'm so disappointed. I'm so annoyed no, with but you. By the hold time on, hold they on. Left. Yeah, yeah. And then he let us in and we sat down and we started doing that thing that we do. We started talking about the food we that you're going to cook. And he just, he brightened up. And by the end of the night, he was sitting with us. I yeah, think. he was telling us everything, how yeah, he cooks uh, yeah, it. I think we're Facebook friends. <laughs> yeah. That was good. That was good food. You want to talk about food, man? We'll do it. Okay. Earlier on the episode, I said that you should hang in tight for the table topics. Yes. We've had some news. We do. This is our first official, like, 
Yeah. It's thing. A, it's a thing. I reached out to Table Topics, and they said we would be glad to give you some things to give away. So we have some Table Topics to give away. Okay, so we've got Table Topics to send you. Yeah. But now, Aislinn, the question becomes, how are we going to do that? I think this is how we get people to interact. Without a doubt. I've I got... think this is how we get people to interact with Table Topics. Now, we've got Table Topics to go. These are mini packages, and we're going to uh-huh. send one to someone in the mail. Yes. How are they going to interact with us to receive this? We'll start next week. Exactly. And I, and I think it's going to come down to table topics. Like, get involved, you know? I've Answer got... the questions. Okay, so let me tell you what we're doing today. Okay, we had that original box. Mm-hmm. I have two more boxes. Not your mom's dinner party. Not your mom's dinner party. What is my... You haven't hung out with my mom, clearly. There's the kind of dinner party that your mom would throw. And then there's your kind of dinner party. These fun, provocative questions are guaranteed to launch conversation as spicy as the food you serve. Mm, mm, okay, mm. maybe a little risque. I don't know. Mm. We haven't looked really. Then I've also got, what would you do? What would you do? From the simple to the silly to the serious, these provocative conversation starters are sure to spark a lively debate. And then we've got the original. So what would you do? Then I've also got... I'm excited about this one. A uh, getting married conversation pack. Yes, this was my idea. So with all of this to choose from, I'm going to ask you a table topics question right now. Uh-huh. You tell me which box you'd like for me to pull from. Well, I'm not ready to pull from the wedding one, okay. although that one's coming up. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to okay. play with that. So that leaves the what would you do and not your mom's dinner. I'm going with not your mom's dinner party. Let's get saucy. Let's get real saucy. Let's get real saucy. Let's see what happens. How would you murder someone and get rid of the body? Oh, this isn't even that hard for me. You can't say, I never murder anybody. No, I would literally dig a hole in the backyard. Okay. That was the shape of a coffin. Okay. And make it a hugelkultur bed. <laughs> and then I would plant a person in it and make it a hugelkultur bed. We've got three hugelkultur beds. Oh, no, we've got five hugelkultur beds right. and three new ones three back new there. Ones. I always have something that looks like a dead person being <laughs> grown in my backyard. So no one would ever even know. And I've been doing this for 20 years. So you realize you, that might say. Do you know how many dead people are in my backyard right now? You realize now? That's, the first people, that's the first place they're going to look if you're ever accused of murder. Is they're going to dig up all your gardens and look under these hugelkultur beds. It's a good news I'm really good at composting. Here's how I do it. My family owns a construction business. Oh. I have an auger. I dig a big, big hole with that auger. Uh-huh. I f- put your body down in there. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. I cover it with concrete about a foot over your body. Uh-huh. Then I fill it, I backfill it with dirt, and I spread the leaves around. No one would ever be the wiser. Would never, like, never know. No, you just have to do know. it. The problem that you've got is where you do this. It's got to be somewhere. It can't be that on It would your, never be dug up again. It can't be on your own property. Right. It's got to be, like, right. on a ranch property or, right. like, a... Uh, Where they're building a new bridge. I wonder how many people are going in that bridge. You think that the bridge, the new big bridge you're building in our city, has got corpses riddled throughout, like, the construction? There's at least one dead body going in that bridge. Who's killing all these people? I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. That, I, th- this is not your mom's dinner party. This is definitely not your mom's dinner party. Well, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. And that is really all I have to say at the dinner table tonight. We hope you had a fantastic time, and we'll see you next week. Bye!
Hey, thank you again for joining us at our dinner table. If we said during this last episode that we'd share something with you, you can find it at our Dinner Table Talks on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're on Twitter, it's dinner underscore talks. Visit our website at dinnertabletalks.com for all of the latest information and send us an email there at talk at dinnertabletalks.com. We so look forward to hearing from you. See you next week. You got a nice ace.